0: Welcome to America's favorite wellness hour, Healthy by Nature, with certified clinical nutritionist, Marty Whittakin.
1: Welcome to Healthy by Nature. After all of the news stations join us, we will have a very useful discussion with the author, Jeff Bond, who wrote Deadly Harvest, about the benefits of eating more like our forebearers did. Um, On January 7th, the Cowboys played the Commanders, and they did pretty well. Made me think, though, seeing the Commanders, which I don't care for that name so much. I wonder if the sports teams that are being pressured to change their names bothered to ask, for example, Native Americans to see if they were insulted or possibly honored. Uh, Get a little knee-jerk reaction sometimes from time to time on Healthy by Nature in our newsletters and books, I've talked about food poisoning, which is a major problem in the U.S. And I don't think I have ever warned anybody to be careful of granola. It's usually something like potato salad that sat out too long at the picnic or uh, chicken that wasn't properly prepared, um, uh, And then sometimes there'll be something like spinach or iceberg lettuce, something that came out of a farm where it was contaminated by runoff from a neighboring farm. But never in all these years granola. Well, it just so happened that a couple of weeks ago, my husband got very sick. I mean, nausea, diarrhea, it was bad. And about that time, we heard on the news that Quaker Oats had recalled everything, all of their cereals and bars that had granola in it. And sure enough, that's what Bill had for breakfast. And. It's kind of a miserable thing to go through, but fortunately, I had a good supply of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics because I had seen that with one of my fellow radio hosts at a convention who got food poisoning, and just swallowed a whole bunch of o'heros and was over it in a few hours. We didn't get started soon enough because we didn't know what it was and so it ended up taking several days for Bill to get back to normal but uh, keeping an eye on those recalls is an important thing to do and you may get emails from some of the retailers that keep track of what you bought so pay attention to those. I saw a news. A spot about an alzheimer's drug that helps other drugs cross the blood-brain barrier by kind of drilling little mini holes in it and using sound waves to force the drug in well if you have a leaky blood-brain barrier that's a cause of a whole lot of problems including probably dementia but Preventing disease is bad for business. So, uh, but if you're doing everything you can to keep from having a leaky gut, you are also protecting your blood-brain barrier. Uh, we don't ordinarily want little holes in it. Thanks for being with us. Really looking forward to talking to Jeff Bond. So stay tuned. Healthy by nature.
2: Wouldn't you like to eliminate bacteria, odors, dust, pollen, pet dander, and other allergens from the air in your home and office? As you probably know,
3: bacteria causes dental cavities. You may not be aware that most dental issues are due to bacteria and other harmful microorganisms. For example, they cause receding gums, failed root canals, and failed implants. Fortunately, there is a potent new tool in this battle. Ozone. Ozone is created from oxygen by an electrical charge. Ozone kills bacteria, viruses, fungi, and parasites on contact. However, when ozone contacts healthy cells, it becomes useful hydrogen peroxide or plain oxygen.
0: 64 welcome to America's favorite wellness hour healthy by nature with certified clinical nutritionist Marty Whittakin
1: and welcome to healthy by Nature in this past week's newsletter in the update section I Gave subscribers a heads up that January will be my last month hosting Healthy by Nature. Healthy by Nature will continue, but more about that in my final show, which will be recorded January 31st and, as usual, aired in your area sometime after that. I've interviewed experts from around the world, literally, to bring you solid information you can use to improve your health and well-being. Today, we reach out to Cyprus for the geography challenge that's in the Mediterranean and is located south of Turkey and west of Syria. Jeff Bond is a world-renowned scientist who has extensively researched forager societies of the past and present. He has several books, uh, Deadly Harvest being an amazing book, The Intimate Relationship Between Our Health and Our Food, uh, another one, Paleo in a Nutshell, Living and Eating the Way Nature Intended. His wife, Nicole, has a cookbook, Paleo Harvest, Healthy Cooking with the Bond Girl. And for those who missed your previous interview, what is an evolutionary lifestyle anthropologist? Welcome to the show.
4: Hello, Marty. Um, well, we, we are people who study the origins of the human species and the way that uh, humans were adapted to their lifestyle, uh, or their lifestyles adapted to the way nature designed them at that time. And the big breakthrough came in the late 80s and the early 90s from an unexpected source as to just what our origins are. Uh, And that breakthrough was the study of genetics. And it was at that point that we understood that everybody on this planet, from the Eskimo in the north to the... Australian Aboriginal down in Tasmania in the south, are all descended from a small group of people who lived on the savannas of East Africa just uh, 60,000 years ago Uh, and that uh, we are to all intents and purposes living with the same bodies, the same biochemistry the same mentalities as for life back then Uh, and that the mismatch between the way we live today and the way, if you like, our evolutionary history (laughs) designed us back then Uh, is at the origin of so many of the, well, so-called diseases, quite rightly called diseases of civilization, like the cancers, the heart disease, the Alzheimer's, the arthritis, the diabetes, and so on and so forth.
1: Yes, these uh, indigenous populations that you studied certainly didn't have Pringles and Um, (laughs) Pop-Tarts. We're going to... dig into some fascinating topics from your updates. But first, I want to make sure that listeners know what you've learned from studying these indigenous populations about what to eat for vitality and longevity. Let's start with some motivation. What types of negative outcomes are these populations spared if they eat their native diet? Well,
4: when the classic studies were done on, for example, the San Bushmen back in the 1960s, and uh, all sorts, and the Hadza in a similar sort of period when they were still untouched almost by modern civilization, these people didn't suffer from diabetes, arthritis, cancers, heart disease, uh, obesity. Uh, and diseases of that kind uh, they had other things to contend with of course um, what killed them off would be malaria uh, uh, diarrhoea, dysentery, that kind of thing um, and particularly with young males it would be warfare they would be fighting with other tribes and, uh, because there would be often be vendettas or some kind of settling of scores with uh, somebody in a neighbouring tribe so the young men were very much warlike people And they would some estimate some twenty to twenty five percent of young men died in battle.
1: Yes, your diet isn't the best protection against a spear, for example. Um, (laughs) And our last interview in the fall, uh, we discussed briefly one of the other things that doesn't seem to pop up in these here are the air quotes around primitive populations because in many ways they're not primitive at all, they're ahead of us, is gender confusion. So um, the bodies and the brain seem to work more like they were originally intended if we eat the diet that was originally intended. And um, I think today we kind of sum that up calling it paleo, but describe uh, in a little bit of detail what, what the diet is common to these ancestral tribes around the world.
4: Well, the, um, <clears throat> these peoples, of course we don't, there's absolutely nothing available in the local supermarket which corresponds to the kinds of things they were eating um you know we there's no way we're going to get uh, giraffe meat or uh, or warthog or any of these creatures or or indeed any of the plants that they were eating um but nevertheless so we have to go back to find finding foodstuffs that emulate the basic characteristics of these uh of these peoples uh, and of these foodstuffs so one of the most important aspects i think of the of their way of eating was that it was what we call low glycemic it didn't give sharp blood sugar spikes uh, whereas today particularly the western diets gives sharp blood sugar spikes and this is through the consumption of what we call fermentable carbohydrates these are the sugars and starches and the starches are mainly coming from cereals of various kinds of potatoes, and indeed potatoes but the cereals includes of course bread pizzas uh, breakfast cereals and so forth So these are um, giving sharp blood sugar spikes, which are undermining health of modern populations in quite a dramatic way. A second uh, feature of the way they were eating is that they were rich in omega-3 fatty acids and less rich in omega-6 fatty acids. Uh, And today, again, this has happened just in my lifetime. The Western diet has become overloaded with omega-6 fatty acids, which are, amongst other things inflammatory and creating low-grade inflammation throughout the body uh, which is also part of undermining the immune system, uh, allowing cancers to develop, undermining bone building, undermining a whole range of, uh, of, uh, of issues of that kind. So a, r- a diet rich in omega-3 uh, fatty acids with uh, omega-6 in balance more or less, uh, equal amounts is r- roughly where they were and where we're not. Uh, so the third perhaps factor is that they would be eating something like 25% of their food in volume would be animal, or I call animal matter for want of a better term because they would be eating all kinds of creatures from, well, yes, the giraffe or warthog on rare occasions, but much more frequently. They would be eating snakes, lizards, uh, frogs, uh, all sorts of creatures that are much more easily caught, uh, birds of various kinds too and eggs of course so they would be eating 25% animal matter and about 75% uh, would be plant food Uh, again of the special kind notably which didn't include much in the way of starches or or sugars Um, the only sugar they got would be honey uh, which uh, they didn't get much of they they would have to go to uh, find a tree which where the wild bees were nesting climb the baobab tree, perhaps go up 100 feet sometimes, very high up, um, try and smoke out the bees and they didn't like it very much, get stung a lot uh, and then grab a a handful of honeycomb which they can bring back down. Uh, So so this ratio of 25% animal matter to 75% uh, plant food turns out to be quite important because what it does, it balances out acidic food intake from alkaline food intake. The plant food being alkaline and the animal matter being acidic. And our bodies rely on having that kind of a balance.
1: Oh, those are very important points. The balance of acidic and alkaline and the fatty acids, having more of the anti-inflammatory omega-3s and less of the inflammatory omega-6s. I think we ought to dig into that just a little bit deeper when we come back. My guest is Jeff Bond. He is uh, an expert on how we used to eat and should think about getting back to. We'll be right back on Healthy by Nature. I am, for the moment, Marty, Marty Whittakin.
5: Did you know many health issues are actually caused by being too acidic, and that you can improve these issues by simply becoming more alkaline? Wheatgrass is one of the most alkaline superfoods on planet Earth, proven to have higher alkalinity than other fruits and vegetables. Wheatgrass juice is an efficient way to alkalize the pH level of your body. Now you can get all the amazing health benefits of taking wheatgrass juice in a convenient powder or capsule form. Sweet Wheat by BrightCore Nutrition is harvested at its peak and cold-pressed dried to retain its live enzymes and healing properties. Sweet Wheat is vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, and certified organic. Whether you're suffering from chronic fatigue, acid reflux, digestive issues, or just want to support a stronger immune system and better health, Sweet Wheat is the alkaline superfood you've been looking for. Visit us at MyBrightCore or call today at 888-958-5331 and get up to 50% off your first order. That's 888-958-5331.
6: Are you living with chronic pain from injury or the degeneration of aging? Knee, hip, shoulder, and back surgeries can be risky, expensive, even with insurance, and entail long, painful recoveries. Steroid shots give only temporary relief and can damage joints. Thankfully, our creator blessed us with stem cells. They are the amazing power that built our bodies and fixed problems fast when we were kids. Stem cells reduce inflammation, regenerate tissue anywhere in the body, and balance immune function. Call 800-507-6509 today.
7: If you're a big sports fan like me, sometimes the best part about watching a football game are the pre- and post-game shows. Well, it's the same for probiotics.
0: Dr. Hears Probiotics has been a proud sponsor of the Healthy by Nature show for well over a decade.
1: I said for the moment, Marty and I hope I continue to be Marty Whittaker, I just will be the host only for January. Um, Jeff Bond is an evolutionary lifestyle anthropologist, and the contrast between the health of populations that are not industrialized, that don't eat manufactured food, and uh, it's just stark that all of the things that occupy the bulk of the commercials on TV, which are drugs for various conditions, they don't have those conditions. So it begs the question, why can't we prevent these conditions instead of having to rely for symptom relief on things that might kill you. Uh, And we talked about uh, one really important factor, and that is the, the balance of protein foods versus plant foods. And when we say plant foods, we weren't talking about something that looks like beef made out of soybeans. It was plants actually eating Plants, vegetables, root vegetables, uh, green vegetables, things like that, and those tend toward the alkaline. The uh, meat proteins tend toward the acidic, and uh, I guess that's one of people are familiar with the Atkins diet, that's low on the carbohydrates that you mentioned, the starches and the sugars, but. Um, maybe not as much attention to this balance of the protein foods and the plant foods.
4: Uh, yes, indeed. I think people often confuse the paleo diet thinking that uh, are ancient ancestors were eating uh, mammoth and dinosaurs or whatever, how confused they might be. But in fact, they were actually eating mostly plant food, plant food origin. Uh, at, with Only a quarter of what they were eating would be Uh, of animal origin Uh, and the important thing was as we said that they were very low in what we would call starches and sugars which which we've which have replaced most of the normally which plant which we would normally be eating Uh, and the plant food which amongst other things would have characteristics which are completely different to the uh, cereals uh, potatoes and such like in particular they would be the plants would be rich in micronutrients uh, whereas the starches tend to be micronutrient poor Uh, as you say the starches are not alkalizing they tend to be neutral so they're not performing their role uh, as to balance out the uh, meat protein intake or the uh, protein intake uh, and s- many of these cereals indeed contain anti-nutrients of various kinds which are undermining health in a very subtle ways uh, these are the lectins and the glutens and such for and so forth which are um, in their own way creating p- problems with gut bacteria about back- up dysbiosis uh, creating leaky gut and so and many other conditions as well so this is the way in which we try and see which plant foods do emulate the the kind of foodstuffs that our uh, our, our bodies are designed for and that boils down to well, yes that boils down to yes salads so the kind of, kind of things we typically talk of as salads the kinds of green vegetables that we uh that you talked about like the broccolies and the cabbages and so forth um yeah and fruits low glycemic fruits because one of the problems today is that the fruits aren't very much like anything that our ancestors would have been eating either they tend to be much more watery and they tend to be much higher in fructose and glucose uh, but low glycemic fruits mainly berries uh, are, are pretty good
1: yes and um these populations did not have access to a Honeycrisp apple that weighs a pound. They were <laughs> like more like crab apples. They were small and not so overly sweet. Uh, there were kind of rumors about the Atkins diet. People thought it was nothing but steak and eggs and so on. And um, I had dinner with Dr. Atkins. We interviewed him on the show. And... I can tell you he did eat vegetables, and I think that part of the program was missed. He did not, in the protein area, as far as I know, talk about lizards and frogs, but uh, steak was only one part of the whole diet. And the people who followed that low-glycemic diet with adequate protein and lots of, of vegetables did very well. And I remember counseling some. And when they switched to that diet, their heartburn went away, sleep apnea, uh, diabetes, all kinds of things got reversed. So even a more modern model would be helpful. But to really focus on these nutrient-rich foods, the plants that have all these phytonutrients that fight the natural toxins that we encounter are is just really really important
4: indeed um it must be a while ago when you interviewed dr atkins because i think he's gone a long time now um but i think one of the things he didn't focus too much on was the nature of the fats that he was, that was in his diet um and i think um yeah in particular there's this focus on animal fats or at least nothing not crying them or denigrating them uh, and uh, I, of course it's, it might be a little unfair to say but he, you know he didn't actually uh, he i think he had a heart attack or something didn't he um oh, yeah. he
1: fell on ice yes. and ah. hit his head
4: oh dear okay so it was an, it was an accident yes okay uh, in that case it was very unfair of me to suggest otherwise <laughs>
1: um and These fats, at least he stopped demonizing fats in general. I mean, for a while, Mm -hmm. the governments insisted that fat is bad, had people ignoring avocados and staying away from walnuts and a lot of other nonsense. So he at least helped get people over fat phobia, but certainly didn't go on to talk as much as we would want about the balance between omega-3 and omega-6. Give us some examples of how we encounter too much omega-6. Well
4: the the main problem is the (laughs) <laughs> is, is, is the introduction of m- most vegetable oils into our diet as a replacement for what was regarded as a bad saturated fat, lard mainly and t- tallow, beef fat, um, which indeed are problematic, particularly the lard, uh, with vegetable oils, in particular uh, s- s- uh, sunflower oil, safflower oil, uh, and, and oils of that kind. Uh, soy, oil. soy
1: oil. And and
4: soy oil is one of those that's marginal, and, and there are one or two good ones like canola oil, or good, it's in the sense that it's rich in uh, omega three uh, oil. Uh, and there's walnut oil and various other plant oils which are okay. Um, but uh, yes, it's the, it's the it's the taking over of uh, just in my, as I say in my lifetime, we didn't see we didn't know what corn oil was, uh, or safflower or sunflower oil was until about fifty or sixty years ago. Uh, And now, of course, they've become predominant in everything. Uh, Not simply, um, well, predominantly, they they were originally promoted as being very healthy just because they were vegetable and not animal fat. And secondly, they they got used a lot in uh, fast foods and in uh, various restaurants and so forth and in all kinds of processed foods because the omega-6 oils are very stable. They don't go rancid easily. Whereas, of course, omega-3 oils... Do go rancid quite fast. And one of the disasters, if you like, of modern extraction of flour um, from wheat is that they remove the omega 3 from it to keep so that the flour would have a longer shelf life. So, this is how this is the way we've actually lost omega 3 in our diet through industrial processes
1: yes and processed foods will use whatever is inexpensive and easy to handle so don't expect to find salad dressings that have olive oil it will usually be canola or some others Uh, but olive oil uh, i personally love macadamia nut oil and um, avocado oil there are plenty of good choices We just have to search them out and avoid the processed foods that have the bad oils as well as chemicals.
8: of years, long before people knew why it worked. The practice may be ancient, but the convenience, technology, and affordability are new. That's why you should find out about the portable, speedy, and highly effective sauna from Momentum 98. Click Products on the menu of the hbnshow.com website for details. To save $100, use the code HBN. If you have questions or would prefer to place your order directly with Phil Wilson, call 626-200-8454. That's 626-200-8454.
5: Did you know many health issues are actually caused by being too acidic and that you can improve these issues by simply becoming more alkaline? Wheatgrass is one of the most alkaline superfoods on planet Earth. Proven to have higher alkalinity than other fruits and vegetables, wheatgrass juice is an efficient way to alkalize the pH level of your body. Now you can get all the amazing health benefits of taking wheatgrass juice in a convenient powder or capsule form. Sweet Wheat by Bright Core Nutrition is harvested at its peak and cold-pressed dried to retain its live enzymes and healing properties. Sweet Wheat is vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, and certified organic. Whether you're suffering from chronic fatigue, acid reflux, digestive issues, or just want to support a stronger immune system and better health, Sweet Wheat is the alkaline superfood you've been looking for. Visit us at MyBrightCore or call today at 888-958-5331 and get up to 50% off your first order. That's 888-958-5331.
1: Hi, I'm Marty Whittakin. When I researched my new book on aloe vera, I learned why when you drink aloe vera, it helps so many complaints. Everything works better if the body has improved nutrient absorption, better antioxidant support and fewer toxins. Studies show that there's a great deal of difference among aloe brands. The magic of aloe vera is in its solids and unfortunately too many companies damage them with improper filtration, heat and enzymes. Distilled aloe tastes like water because it's lost all of those beneficial solids. I chose Lily of the Desert as a sponsor because they do the very best job and university tests prove it.
0: Subscribe to Marty's free newsletter at the Healthy by Nature Show website, hbnshow.com. hbnshow.com.
1: Jeff Bond has spent a lot of time researching forager societies, which are also known as hunter-gatherer societies, and first attracted my attention with his book, Deadly Harvest the intimate relationship between our health and our food. Um, We've been talking about the paleo diet. And just to sum up that, that thought before we move on to topics in your amazing update newsletter, and that is, and correct me if I've come away with the wrong impression, but we want to Balance perhaps up to a fourth of our diet with protein-rich foods, and you don't have to eat lizards. There's plenty of of good, clean proteins. That actually, if you get um, grass-raised beef, it has a higher content of omega three, and you do balance that with three-fourths of the diet being plant foods, mainly vegetables, and low-glycemic fruits, meaning fruits that aren't so sweet that they spike your blood sugar, berries being very high in the micronutrients and the uh, polyphenols and these other uh, wonderful plant remedies. And um, we didn't really talk about this, but these forager communities because they didn't have supermarkets or 7-elevens or vending machines they got their food by working for it they had to either farm or hunt or gather and so they were much more active than we are and that all kind of goes together
4: well you this is right i mean we've been talking about diet up till now uh, but really i I see that as perhaps being 40 to 50 percent of the difficulties we have in today's world in, in or mismatch if you like but the other the physical activity side of it of course is another big one uh, as, as is stress uh, as is sleeping patterns as is inadequate exposure to sunshine and all these factors all play a role in living a healthy paleo uh, if you like or uh, living in, in, in harmony with the way our bodies were designed and our mentalities as, as, as well um, just coming back to um, your olive oil and uh, other om- uh, omega-9 oils, which is sort of monounsaturated, yes they're all very good um, and part of the reason they're good is that they're not doing harm they're, they're sort of innocent, mostly they're innocent bystanders uh, they bring in some useful polyphenols and so forth, uh, so any of those ones you mentioned are good, and in particular olive oil has got this big reputation from the Mediterranean diet and the studies of Ansel Keys back in the 1960s uh, so that's, uh, that's very good too so yes, um, uh, these peoples were active but not necessarily highly intensive Active, but they were just up and doing all the time um, the women might be walking three to four miles a day when they were foraging over three or four hours uh, and they would be collecting plant food of various kinds but also they would be picking up on eggs and, uh, and small animals as well that would be good to take back to the uh, back to the campsite Uh, Whereas the men would be going off and often coming back empty-handed after a day's attempt at hunting. Or maybe they they too would pick up something on the way back just to show that they hadn't wasted the whole day, pick up something that was easily caught with their bare hands. So, yeah, that was the way their life was.
1: They certainly didn't have to worry about balancing their screen time.
4: (laughs) Well, quite. Um, uh, But as you you quite rightly say, there's a balance between... uh, feeling hungry and the effort of, of trying to satisfy that hunger uh, they you know had to actually if they're feeling hungry and they knew they had to walk a mile to climb a climb a tree knock down some nuts and uh, get mongongo uh, nuts or whatever uh, uh, and walk back again well maybe they didn't feel quite hungry enough today we feel slightly hungry and we just reach across to the fridge door uh, and we're successful hundred percent of the time in fulfilling our hunger uh, so yes there is this this uh, Dynamic. There was this dynamic tension for these hunter gatherers, which was important uh, to feel hungry some of the time, uh, just before you feel before you have a meal. Um, and I do sometimes stress how this kind of when you're feeling hungry, not necessarily fasting. We're not talking about going. Uh, fasting all day long or anything uh, we're feeling hungry actually tunes up the immune system it tunes up all kinds of bodily functions uh, in particular to do with brain health. So yes you know these are slightly un, these are slight tweaks if you like to the way we should be eating but nevertheless it's all part of living in the way our bodies recognize.
1: Yes we at the first sign of hunger, we don't necessarily even have to go to the trouble of getting up and walking around the grocery store. We can click a few buttons and DoorDash brings it to us. So <laughs> we'll we have to um, kind of be mindful of being active and plan on it instead of as those folks were doing intermittent fasting without having to think about it. It just came automatically. Indeed. Because yeah, they got hungry before the food appeared. And that's a Indeed, good point. Yes. That hunger, hunger is a part of the cycle and signals the body to do its work.
4: Uh, exactly. Um, so, you know, I've spent time in uh, Muslim countries where they you know, go through the month of Ramadan, uh, which where they fast from sun, sunrise to sunset, uh, and you know, I've li- I've lived with that. Now, whether they whether it's a religious thing or not, it's not a bad thing to try from time to time uh, to fast all day long uh, from a point of view of just sheer character development. But that is not necessary, actually. Uh, uh, The way we see it is that it's just feeling hunger for an hour or two before the next time you fill up on food.
1: Well, exactly. And... There's so many clues, like there's a reason that our eyelids are thin, because in nature, we go to sleep when it's dark and get up when it's light. And if you've ever been asleep and somebody flicked the lights on, you know how that will wake you up just as fast as hitting a gong.
4: Indeed, yes. I, I sometimes draw show a graph of um, sunlight exposure to a forager compared to the average Westerner, where, uh, as you say, they, they sleep at they go to bed they actually go to sleep round about what would be I don't know ten o'clock our time, after having chatted around the campfire for a bit in the in the semi darkness or the darkness, uh, and then fall asleep beside a campfire. Uh, that's another big issue that uh, I sometimes think that uh, you know there's something miss something very fascinating about a living fire, as they call it. Um, <clears throat> but I'll move on from that, because I think, well, the campfires, I think, were an immense island of reassurance to, to hunter-gathers living in the middle of the savannah with all sorts of nasty creatures living around them. And uh, and the campfire was a, an island of reassurance and, I think, to scare away these predators, to scare away nasty animals. Um, so yes, uh, they um, they had they woke up to bright sunshine, and then they and they stayed like that all the way through the day until the evening when they when the light like, went away. Today,
1: uh, Jeff, uh, the music means we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to pick up again on sunlight and the relationship to vitamin D and sunscreen. So folks, don't go away. This is healthy by nature. My guest is Jeff Bond, the author of Deadly Harvest. Please stay tuned.
2: Wouldn't you like to eliminate bacteria, odors, dust, pollen, pet dander, and other allergens from the air in your home and office?
6: Call 800-507-6509 today.
5: Revive by Brightcore Nutrition. Revive's superior multi-collagen, vitamin C, hyaluronic acid, and biotin blend can help with supporting joint and bone health, healthier, shinier hair, and stronger nails, clearer and more supple skin, better digestion and gut health. Dr. Whitney Bowie, dermatologist from New York, says it's the glue that holds the body together. Collagen makes up about 75% of the dry weight of your skin, and as we get older, we break it down faster than we can replace it. We lose about 1% of our body's collagen, starting in our mid-20s, and as much as 30% during the first five years of menopause. Just in the last few years, there have been some impressive studies showing that ingestible collagen can significantly impact the appearance of skin. Visit us at MyBrightCore.com or call today at 888-958-5331 and see what Revive can do for you. That's 888-958-5331.
0: Subscribe to Marty's free newsletter at the Healthy by Nature Show website, hbnshow.com, hbnshow.com.
1: My guest, Jeff Bond, has a very useful newsletter. He calls it Update, and you can subscribe to that. I will have links in the notes from today's show in the archives to get you where you need to be to do that. And he scours the literature for topics that have useful information for you. And one that caught my eye, The title was The More Sunscreen, The More Melanoma. It was about Canadians living in Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island having high rates of melanoma, but they also use a lot of sunscreen. So tell us about the sunscreen paradox.
4: Yes, well, this is the paradox which has been noted even before this particular study, particularly with Australians. And notably in Queensland, which is a sort of subtropical part of Australia, uh, where the more sunscreen you put on, the more you seem to get uh, precancerous lesions and and notably melanomas. Uh, And they just keep telling people to add more sunscreen, it's just not deep enough, not thick enough, we haven't got enough of it. Um, And what's been going on is that uh, ever since the late 1960s, 1970s, where the first sunscreens were. Brought out, brought on the market. Um, uh, Ambra Soleil was one of the famous ones, and Pisbuin was another one. Uh, and I remember using these when we were in the Mediterranean. Uh, and you got nice and brown with these sunscreens without uh, getting burnt, which seemed miraculous. Which was marvelous. What they didn't tell you is that these, or perhaps even didn't know, was that these sunscreens were brilliant at stopping you burning, but they didn't actually stop the skin damage. And so we were sitting outside in tr- semi tropical, subtropical sunshine. Getting uh, getting nice and brown, but the UVA, the the ultraviolet A spectrum was getting through the sunscreen and busy damaging the DNA in, in in our deep subcutaneous cells, whereas we weren't getting burnt, which is what the UVB would normally be doing. Would be would be stopping, would be giving us a burn. Uh, and so the paradox was that the more you used the sunscreen, you felt safe, and so you went out in the sun and just got nicely brown. Uh, but you were, of course, actually causing more damage uh, than you would have done if had you been burning, because had you burnt, then you would have known to stay out of the sun. So that's the message. Now um, that situation stayed like that until quite recent times. It's only in the last few years that, that uh, sunscreen manufacturers have woken up to this. Uh, and now produce sunscreens which filter out both UVB and UVA. Um, so they might be slightly safer now. But most, many of us, and I'm one of those included, are suffering from skin damage from uh, using sunscreens that didn't work, basically, from stopping you getting uh, actual damaged skin cells.
1: And uh, then there's the whole topic of vitamin D. I remember from a while back. Uh, statistics that if you got sun exposure, you were more likely to develop a skin cancer. If you didn't, you were more likely to die from it because you didn't have (laughs) the vitamin D for your immune system. And there's there's usually a, a balance and some logic in there somewhere if we don't get too carried away with the first bit of data we get and like those initial sunscreens think, okay, now we can do whatever we want. Well, quite.
4: And uh, I mean, I sometimes, when I enter, get onto, to, into this topic, I talk about foragers. Uh, they lived 365 days a year, stark naked, under a tropical sun, right on the equator uh, in the African Rift Valley. Uh, and they lived like that, well, all their lives. And, and human beings have been doing that ever since the dawn of time for, million, for hundreds of thousands of years. And I say that if this was the case for all these eons, Uh, then our bodies came to rely on it being there this sunshine and if it isn't things start to go wrong Um, okay Uh, we've now spread out all over the world and uh, some of us came and ended up in places which didn't have much sunlight and so the color of our skin adapted to absorb more sunlight Uh, you know I'm I'm, I've got white skin or light I'm Uh, uh, light-skinned and and so So this is vital for us and of course our ancestors, my more recent ancestors to living in England um, uh, were out of, nevertheless lived a lot of the time out of doors. but the, the the suntan gradually built up from the spring through to the summer, by which time they were nut brown, and uh, then it faded away again during the autumn and winter time. Uh, meanwhile, stores of I mean, particular vitamin D, but there are other things going on as well, uh, would have been vitamin D would have been started to be stored in the body fat, which which kept um, kept kept things going through the winter time and brought and came back again in the summer. So yes this this is the sunshine paradox we are actually tropical creatures it's not for nothing we want to come and live in countries which have got sunshine and palm trees and I, I think i believe you're in dallas texas aren't you much a similar latitude to where we are where there's where the sunshine is not simply the the the, the production of vitamin d but it's also the mental aspect where the sunlight actually improves our mental health
1: yes there are a lot of of uh Rays, types of energy coming from the sun. is one reason that people do so well with a far infrared sauna. If you get the right kind, it duplicates some of those wavelengths. Uh, you won't get the vitamin D that you get from being out in the sun. And it's always struck me as curious that scientists don't seem to make much of a connection between the fact that you build up the vitamin D stores in the summer, and as it wanes in the winter, it coincides with the colds and flu season. Hello, there might be a connection. Uh, we've got just a little bit of time left when we come back, or don't go away. This is the Healthy by Nature show. I'm Marty Whittakin, and my guest is Jeff Bond. while it oxygenates and energizes cells. Every home and office should have one and it would make a terrific gift. Who doesn't at least occasionally have a sore throat or stiff joint, congested sinuses, a rash or injury? You might just want to strengthen your eyes or ears. Save with the code HBNLAMP. Click products on the menu of the HBNshow.com website for details or call Phil at 626-200-8454.
0: 626-200-8454. Sign up for podcasts or listen to past programs on our website, hbnshow.com. hbnshow.com. com.
1: I had thought we might get to two other items from a recent update newsletter of Jeff Bonds, but they coincide nicely with what we've been talking about. So I'll just mention the titles. Climbing Stairs Cuts Cardiovascular Disease. So we were talking about activity levels. And the other one, pancreatic cancer, is linked to high insulin levels. And so we're back to talking about the starches and the sugars. So kind of Uh, shows the pattern that we've been talking about is consistent even in modern research. And uh, in the notes from today's show, I'll not only have a link to Jeff Bond where you can subscribe to his update, but also links to the books Deadly Harvest, The Intimate Relationship Between Our Health and Our Food, and another one, Paleo in a Nutshell, Living and Eating the Way Nature Intended, which makes perfect sense to me. His wife, Nicole's book, the cookbook, Paleo Harvest, Healthy Cooking with a Bond Girl. And um, we've got a little, uh, just about two minutes left. Jeff, I'm going to let you give us a parting thought for the new year.
4: <laughs> well uh, one hesitates to start new year's resolutions with a with a resolution um but uh just do think about this that we're our natural way of life is to live in the on the on the savannas of east africa uh that it would be a sunny place that, we, that we're up and doing all the time not not sitting around for long periods i think sitting around is another one of those issues that recently we've discovered is is a problem even if you get an hour or two of of vigorous activity you go and play tennis or you work out in the gym then sitting for eight or nine hours is also not good for you so you do need to get up and walk around a little bit um we haven't had much time to talk about sleeping patterns but yes um the average forager would be sleeping seven or eight hours a night not necessarily a great deal longer than we do but they would have good quality sleep Um, They would be going to sleep around about 10 o'clock at night and waking up with the dawn and doing that is you know not waking up with an alarm clock is always good for your health too um we've talked a little bit of it we haven't really had the chance to talk about stress but one of the things foragers did it they went they would trance dance almost once a week where they would dance all night long and go into a trance where they felt that they were getting in contact with the universe and they'd stay up there and then come back reborn uh, and this is something that we i think we've lost entirely in today's world except perhaps if you go to a nightclub and you dance until you Without the help of drugs, of course, uh, dance until you're mind, until you're kind of hypnotized. So uh, they're yeah, or so anesthetized
1: from too much alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to- talking about how rude an alarm clock is. This morning, I woke my husband up by accidentally knocking off a tray from the nightstand, and the contents landed on the metal base of a lamp and it just made an explosive sound. by nature, sponsored too. in
0: part by Lily of the Desert Alloceuticals.
9: Give the gift a fresh, helpful, invigorating air. IonBox uses the negative ions that you enjoy at the beach or a waterfall to purify any room. IonBox devices are affordable for many on your gift list and are so conveniently small that they can go to the office and even on vacation. Studies show that because of its advanced microchip technology, no other ion purifier, even much larger units, come close to the effectiveness of IonBox at removing bacteria, odors, dust, pollen, pet dander, and other allergens. Plus, it's ozone-free, and there are no filters to change. Improve your loved one's quality of breathing, sleep, mental focus, mood, energy, and performance. Anyone you care about will stay healthier with IonBox, for video links, visit the sponsor page of hbnshow.com. Consumers and health practitioners who would like to offer IonBox to their patients, please visit IonBox.net. Consumers enjoy free shipping with the coupon code HBN. Visit IonBox.net.
1: If you are bothered by heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, this heads up may be a lifesaver. Millions think an acid blocking drug has fixed their problem. Unfortunately, Those medicines shut down digestion and, if taken for more than a few weeks, can lead to dementia, hip fracture, heart attack, kidney disease, and so on. Please learn how to fix the root cause of the problem so that you can avoid those dangerous pills. I'm Marty Whittakin, Certified Clinical Nutritionist. In my book, Natural Alternatives to Nexium and Other Acid Blockers, I explain that there are safe solutions to stomach pain that work with your body to improve digestion and heal damaged tissues. I made the book easy to read, but it is so well-documented in science that you can share it with your doctor. Natural Alternatives to Nexium and other acid blockers is available in some libraries and bookstores. Look for a direct link to Amazon on the shop page of hbnshow.com.